All right. Now, May 8th is a love explosion. You actually meet here. We divide out in teams, and we go out in the community. So May 8th, we've been talking about go. We've been talking and commissioning people to go. So that's good training for the reigning, all right? You're in small group environments, low risk, and uh, you'll have encouragement and some coaching. So anyway, uh, kids, you're dismissed. Fifth grade and under, you're dismissed. If you're kindergarten and under, you need to be checked in by an adult. Let's cheer them on and the teachers as they leave. Woo! Okay. Last week was fun. Baptisms. Some people were made new, right? Is Ashley still in the room or she, she, she just disappeared? What's that? She's helping in kids' class. So Ashley, man, what a cool story. And all the others. So just a fun time. So they were made new. I'm, I'm kind of geeking out about all the babies being born, okay? And I, I'm just really excited about it. But Baylor up here. Uh, Baylor, right there. Baylor, the guitar player, kind of a, like, like he's just like, um, he's kind of like an adopted son of the house, you know? He serves elsewhere, but like when he comes, he's just part of the family, you know? Uh, but they, they had a very huge challenge and trial um, and so many things leading up to having a baby. And literally, it was a miracle. And there was uh, prophetic promises and different things over their life to have a child. And through so many tragedies and, and just so many things, there was triumph. And the Lord blessed them with Sparrow. So Baylor and Charity have Sparrow now, new baby girl. So really, and I tell you what, if, if that's like in your wheelhouse and you can relate to some of that tragedy and you're longing for that, man, maybe have him share his story and pray for you because uh, it is an incredible story of what the Lord did through a miraculous uh, birth. Also, we have new grandparents and parents in the house. So there was a new baby born, Amara Rasnick. So Zach and Chelsea had their baby. So Steve and Kelly are grandparents. I don't even know if any of them are here. They're probably all just like smothering that little girl so much uh, that they're not even all here. So anyway, just a lot of stuff happening. Uh, we're we're going to pray into some things real quick. Can we start with some prayer and intercession before I actually speak? Um, Papa Jack Taylor passed away through the night. Um, so Lave's spiritual father, like he became a grand, like a grandpa to me. When By the time I was saved and in ministry, my grandpa, I'm a third generation pastor, but by the time I got saved, my grandpa had passed away. So by the time I was actually literally serving God, my grandpa was gone. So Jack Taylor would come here and minister, and Jack, um, I don't know his exact stage, but I believe he was in his 90s. I'll have to find that out. But just a funny man, and just a, a man of, of the word, a man who had a, a, the foundation of the word, a, a previous Baptist pastor, and uh, just went all out, encountered the Holy Spirit, and uh, man, what a man of God. I remember asking him one question once, and uh, I said, hey, what's the key to the success of the kingdom? And he's like, get up as many times as you get knocked down, because son, you're going to get knocked down. And just point is just to get back up. And I was like, man, that was so profound and simple for me. Like, okay, I can do that. But he would just say funny things, uh, especially about his wife, Frida, and uh, just like how she had to keep up with him. She's German, and she's like, yeah, it's hard for this woman to, to keep up with me, and, and I'm going to allow her an opportunity to do what no woman has done yet, outlive me, because he had been married two or three previous times and uh, was a widow two to three times before he married Frida. But then he'd say things like, 
Don't let the uh, snow on the roof fool you. There's still fire in the fireplace. So just these one-liners that if you've been here when Papa Jack was here ministering, you can just kind of laugh in your head how sweet and funny and, and powerful that man was. So we're going to pray into his family and, and Leif and Jennifer and the others that he was so close to and his son and his natural family. Uh, but also, I know Angie's dad is, is, is recovering and having a hard time. We've got just some sick things going on, some stuff happening. And, uh, but I know like one of the things we were praying before service, the team that serves, we all meet together. And we were praying that even through this destruction and even through some trials and some issues right now, there is fresh life. See, see hearing these babies, there's fresh life. There is hope, right? There's goodness. So we're just going to pray and, and pray into this, and then um, I'm going to preach for like two hours, and we'll be good for lunch at that point, okay? So Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we just bless everybody that's going through a hardship right now. Lord, we just pray your intervention right now, and, and Angie's dad and others, Lord, who are ill, Lord, we just, we pray healing right now and expedited recovery for those who are recovering from my dad at home with, with major hip issues, Lord. We just lift him up as he's watching online right now. We pray healing to his hip. Lord, you're the great physician. We pray peace and comfort to, to Papa Jack's family and to Lave and Jennifer and the Hetlands and, and his natural family and anybody else, Lord, that's, that's affected. Lord, we pray peace and comfort. Lord, as we deal with tragedy, Lord, you, you promise peace beyond understanding and that your spirit will comfort us. So we pray for that, Lord. We, we thank you for this day. We pray for the rest of this service. And Lord, let me be a vessel, a conduit for you. Let me speak words that, that we all, and including myself, need to hear straight from your heart, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, last week, uh, we, we continued this long, I don't even know if we should call it a series at this point. We've been in it like five months, so I don't know if you can still call a series a series at five months. So we're in like part seven of part three of this series, all right? Uh, it's called Worship, Grow, Go. We've really taken the first half of the year to define our mission as a church and hopefully define our mission as people to worship God with everything we have, to grow, to be healthy, to be our best selves that God created us to be, to be sons and daughters of a most high king, and then to go from that, that we get filled up and freely we receive, freely we go. So I'm excited. Last week, we, we kind of did like alignment. This week's gonna be assignment. So it was alignment for what today is. I'm introducing assignment. I'm excited the next couple weeks on what this looks like because we have Pentecost Sunday coming up. And I wanna just go all out and talk about Holy Spirit. There's a lot of churches, a lot of denominations out there that just avoid it. They don't necessarily speak against it, but they're not gonna to touch like who's Holy Spirit. We're gonna like talk about it. We're gonna say who Holy Spirit is and we're gonna offer opportunities for gifts of the Holy Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't know about you, but um, there's something that, that's powerful that if something gets in me, something has to get out of me. And when the Holy Spirit comes in us, something has to get out. So we're going to the next few weeks. Next week, my friend Scott Thompson from uh, Atlanta will be here, formerly from Jesus Culture. So he'll be here. He and his wife, Lacey, we're going to have fun. I plan on getting a turkey by the end of this week with him. Uh, we're going turkey hunting. Uh, but then we're going to, after he's gone, we're going to go into the Holy Spirit. We're going to go into over and covert assignment. All right, there's, there's assignments, there's anointings that we have. Some are covert, some are outward, and some are, 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 are covert, and some are overt. Some are outward, some are, some are like more like strategic. I work in the government. I'm, I'm a firefighter paramedic. There's sometimes that I can be overt, and there's sometimes I have to be covert and, and a bit more diplomatic and honoring in the realm in which I'm serving. So we're going to talk about that, all right? And we're going to go heavy into this stuff for the next few weeks. Uh, we got some other speakers that are going to be uh, giving part of it too. But last week, we talked about commissioning. 
Literally, last week was, was really the start of a commissioning to go, all right? And it's hard to go if you're not sent. Paul would, would commission, lay hands on people and then send them. And I believe like last week and this week is a sending. It's a commissioning for you to go where you're intended to go. So this week, assignment. Now, assignment and go has been really natural for me. It's been easy for me since I was a believer. Now, now before I was a believer, before I had an encounter with the Lord and before I really believed that he was real, I failed speech class. And basically, I failed my, my big presentation my senior year in high school. All right, I was a wreck, and, and let me just paint a picture for you. I would get so flustered, all, I was so nervous, I was shaking, my cards all fell. All right, now at this point, I was already red-faced, probably already had diarrhea, like all this stuff, all right? Like a mess, okay? Literally. It's not a good day if Aaron doesn't cry once and talk about poop twice. <laughs> just kidding. So anyway, there's this thing, I dropped all my cards, and then I just quit. I'm like, no, not today. And I basically failed my final presentation for senior year. Good thing is I made up some work and, and at least passed high school, all right? So I get to college, and I have to take a speech class, and it's all about debating and speech, and I was miserable. I hated it. So when I got saved, though, so this is leading up to who I was, all right? Then I get saved, I get radically saved, and my dad's like, well, you should preach, Aaron. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'll just like serve behind scenes. I, I'm, I do not want up here. I do not want on a platform. He's like, no, I think, I think you should. And I was so nervous. I read a paper, and it was like, the, my first message was three minutes and 22 seconds, probably. Like, it was like, God bless you guys, have a good Sunday. We're doing breakfast instead of lunch after church now, you know? It was one of those deals. But then the Lord, he gave me this dream, and I'll just, I've shared this a few times, and as, right at the early stages, or like the beginning of, of me walking with the Lord in, in, in my early salvation period, kind of, I had this dream. It was in the middle of the night, it was so real. I woke up sweating and crying and just like really heartbroken and upset and challenged. <clears throat> so... I had this dream where the Lord, like he, it was like everybody was kind of ascending into heaven and the Lord had returned and, and like I, I feel myself ascending and rising up to heaven and I just keep trying to grab people and faces that I knew, family members and friends and coworkers and I remember trying to grab them and their hands were just slipping through and I was trying to do everything I could to pull them up with me and nothing, no matter how strong I was and I was, I was pretty strong back then, maybe not as strong as I am now but I was strong back then and I remember just trying so hard and they would just fall through and I remember just waking up from the Lord and just kind of processing that with him and I just remember saying I gave myself to the Lord like in a, in a ministry component at night so I, I was saved at that point but I said Lord I will work the rest of my life to try to bring as many people to heaven with me as I can and I will serve you and I give you my yes and that was kind of a turning point for me to say no matter what the cost no matter what it takes I give my life to you not just I give my heart I want to make it to heaven no now I give my life to you so and I know Nick my, my cousin one of my best friends Nick he, he had a similar encounter in Iraq he, he shows up and he's automatically in battle he's like Lord if you bring me through this if you bring me through this alive and you get me back home, I will serve you and I will, I, will, I will live for you the rest of my life. And I don't know if you know Nick. Nick's blunt. He's sometimes abrasive. But Nick is a man of his word. And it wasn't just like a jail time or a war time kind of cry out for help. It was like, no, if Lord, if you bring me through this, I will serve you the rest of my life. And Nick has fulfilled his end of that commitment because God filled his. And he, yeah, Nick's awesome. He's our men's ministry leader. 
What Kurt started and man up and what Kurt plowed into and kind of deposited, Nick is now taking the, the reins and running with as well. And uh, so Nick, it was that similar thing. So my yes, my go has been pretty easy. It's just been like, I remember the dream. When things get hard, when people uh, stab me in the back, when people talk, like make up stuff or like stupid stuff happens or people fall short of who they're called to be and they're like, oh, you know, one of those, like, Lord, you, you, I remember this dream. And I'm like, I'm just taking many people as I can whether this is overt or covert, whether I'm here, whether I'm in the gym, whether I'm at work at the fire department, whether I'm in a home consoling somebody who's just lost their loved one. Lord, I'm taking many people, as many people to heaven as I can, and I'm gonna shine a light in your love all around me wherever I am. That's my go, that's, that's, that's who I'm called to be. This is just an element. This is just one vehicle of who I am. I'm a dad, I'm a husband. As I said last week, that's my primary calling uh, after ministering to the Lord is ministering to my family. My bride, my kids, that's, that's my first calling, right? Outside of that, everything else falls. So let me get into this assignment. Last week I mentioned Jesus' baptism. The alignment was, was 30 years of identity, 30 years of sonship, 30 years, and then all of a sudden the father says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. 30 years of being a son before any miracle had been performed, before he had raised the dead, before the Sermon on the Mount, before he was crucified and resurrected. Then all of a sudden, it was three years of assignment, 30 years of alignment and identity and intimacy with the Father for three years of assignment. So it's this alignment for the assignment. Now it's time to go. After the baptism, he was tempted by the enemy, and then he was, he was going. He was performing works. And Jesus is perfect theology. Let me just say that. Jesus is the example, and he's perfect theology of everything that we're called to do. He became the living example of everything we get to and are invited to do. He was raising the dead. He was healing the sick. He was bringing peace wherever he went. He was teaching. He was sharing the gospel and the good news, right? This is who Jesus was. So he became the invitation of who we're to live like. So, so today I want to just talk about what is the assignment. And we're going to royal just really boil it down to who what, how, and when. All right, four, four points. Steve, you should, I'm actually doing points today. Who, what, how, and when, all right? So the first thing is like part of this concept is, well, what does it look like? What does the Lord want? And if we go to the Lord's prayer, right? How many can say, our Father who art in heaven, you say it, hallowed be thy name. Where? Give us... Amen. Very good. Very good. You're very good Christian people. You know the Lord's Prayer. Now, now here's the deal. There is a ton of assignment in there. There is a ton of responsibility on the Lord and what he's going to fulfill, but also a ton of what we're to do, right? And one of those things is your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth as where? As in heaven. So, and I don't believe, first off, we have to believe that there is an eternal physical hell. There are teachings out there that hell is not literal. Hell is just a, a, a realm, and even we may be in hell now. I, I, I don't, that is not my theology. That doesn't line up with scripture. That is not true. As much as there is a literal heaven, okay? There is a literal heaven as also a destination, but I also believe there's an invitation as believers as heaven is a realm of a lifestyle for us to walk in. 
And I believe this, I, I don't believe heaven is literally all 100% possible on the earth while we're here until the Lord's return. And I'll tell you why, because there are, the Bible says we will face hardship, we will face temptation. Those are things we won't face in heaven. But here's the thing, we get this opportunity and assignment to bring a realm of heaven to earth with us. Meaning we get to bring to the people around us a glimpse of God, a glimpse of heaven, a glimpse of love, a glimpse of, of joy, a glimpse of hope. And if we're not doing that, it's probably not inside us. And there, that's our like, step one, get all of that in you so that you can give all of that out. That's step one, like our realm is we get to live a life and life what? More abundantly, John 10, 10 is a promise to us that life eternally, life in heaven, as well as life abundantly here on earth. That's, that's a promise of, of what this is. So our assignment, part of our assignment is wrapped around like bringing heaven to earth, bringing God to the people around us, bringing a heavenly realm, bringing healing, bringing peace, right? My daughters every day on their way to school with Nicole, they, they wrote out this declaration years ago and I don't know it. I don't. I, I, have, I only take them to school once a week. And like they have this thing memorized and it's like paragraphs. Chloe, if I called her up right now, she could just say it, right? Every once in a while there's a little hiccup. But one of it is everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. Everywhere I go, there's peace. And the realm is like, we are not bringing that, but we're bringing Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, to where everywhere we go becomes that peace zone, becomes that health zone, becomes that joy zone because Christ is in us and we're to be shining him all around us, right? So who, what, when, and who? So here we go. We're the conduits. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5. I'm gonna read a ton of scripture today. I might skip around. And then I'm going to focus on, on one main thing. 2 Corinthians 5. And I'm going to probably just read, let's just read it all for now. This means that anyone, everybody say anyone. anyone. Who is that? Anyone who belongs in Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, my past isn't held against me. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we, everybody say we, are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offspring to our sin, to be the offering of our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We have, we, all of us, every believer, has the ministry of reconciliation, and we are Christ's ambassadors. Say, I'm Christ's ambassador. I'm an ambassador. I represent. I represent Christ. That's who we are. We represent. We represent Christ, and we're his ambassador. I remember once, I believe it was Steve uh, Justice talking about an ambassador, right? You talked about this, preached a beautiful message. You can go back and check it out. And the power and really the authority that that holds. It was this incredible story of, of reality of, in government, what an ambassador is and who we get to represent or represent. So Romans 12, 3 through 8 says this. And I'm going to dive into this the next time I speak on the, the gifts of grace and the spiritual gifts. So, so one of this is, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. So for the grace given to me, I say to who? 
Everyone, Paul's saying it to everyone, and he says, among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Then it says this, for as in one body we have many members, and in the members do not have all the same function, so we, though many, are one body and individual members of another. So, we're all one, we're all in unity, but we're all called to do a different function within that body. That's your assignment. You're, now, now, we're gonna get into some nuts and bolts here in a minute. Your assignment to go is within your ability of your faith and your calling within your gifts and your anointing and your giftings to go to the people God's placed in front of you. Let me, let me carry on. He says it like this to the church of Ephesus in uh, chapter four, verse 11. And I'm gonna just read this whole thing through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity. Now, now let me just paint this. The who is all of us together. Now, now we've often had conversations in leadership. We've talked about this from the pulpit. Those are five very, very different giftings. Those are five very passionate giftings that all probably think they're the most important. <laughs> But then it says, then they're in unity. The, the body functions once we're in unity. See, the body functions when I embrace and I actually honor who you're called to be, how you're called to do it, and who you're called to reach. And I'm celebrating who you are without stumbling over who you're not. Okay, so, so here's this thing to where now all these five come together in unity to fulfill their assignments and their anointings and their calls from God to advance the kingdom and reveal the Father. Now, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like taking a high-caliber business person with an athlete, with a Hollywood star, and all these different people, right, and putting them together saying, now all agree. That each one of you is great in your own way, right? They're like, no, my industry's better. Okay, here's why I'm more important. And, and at times, like, you had the disciples, right? The, there's communion, there's the Last Supper, there's all this, and like, then they start arguing about who's the greatest, it's this thing, so, but the key in our assignment is not that we look down on somebody else for what they're not doing or somebody else for how they're doing something or we don't look down. Listen, I've always said this, there is not a second class anointing. There is not a second class calling. My wife has a master's degree and is a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> She's amazing. And she serves many of you. She's this awesome, beautiful person. She's the most educated stay-at-home wife I personally know. And she worked just long enough for, her, for us to pay for her education. <laughs> but there's not a second class. She is serving the highest priority in our life right now, our kids. That's who she's called to serve. That's the greatest calling on her life right now are our children. The greatest disciples we will ever raise isn't, isn't necessarily this church. It's our children. Everybody else is, is part of that, and we get to pour out as well and help and, and equip you for the work of ministry, etc. But man, that's our greatest assignment. So these five callings and offices, and we can get more into that later, but these five offices are, are five different variations of how the kingdom comes together in unity to advance it. Now, let me read on. I'm going to start at 14 here. So that we may no longer be children, actually, I got to back up, until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. We talked about that in the grow section, the growth, to mature, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and from by the waves and carried out by every wind doctrine, by human cunning, or by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, this, 
speaking the truth in love, and we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint in which it is equipped, when each part is working properly. Now this is when we are joined together in unity and working properly, each one of us individually, but collaboratively together. And I'm not just talking upper room within these walls. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. I'm talking about us not judging Methodist or Baptist or, or anybody else for how they made worship or how they may baptize, or how they may do communion. Like, I'm not talking about just this building. I'm talking about the unity of the body where we stop bickering and concerning ourselves of how else somebody else worships or attends church or, like Steve says, big C Christ, big C church, right? That's the unity of the body where we're not getting, like, we do upper room, upper room's way, right? We worship crazy and get ecstatic and there's dancing, right? When Corey starts talking about dancing, we're dancing. But we're not looking down on any other church if they're singing about dancing and not dancing. They do it in their own right, their own way. This is the unity of the body. This is part of our assignment to go is when we actually become attractive to the world around us, the one who's inside us. When we start blessing those, all of a sudden we may start walking in a blessing. When we start my admiring how maybe somebody does it different or, or presents the word a little different, I, I tell you, like, I'm totally different than Steve Bowen, Steve Justice, Josh Haas, and anybody else who gets up here, right? Like, I'm different. My office is different. My calling's different. And let me just say, you can't be me. I'm taken. And I'm enough for me to handle, okay? You got to be you. Everybody else is taken. Only God put your DNA inside you. Let me move on here. From whom the whole body joined together and every joint in which is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I could just keep circling back to all three of these. Worship, grow, go. It's all connected. Our go is always connected to our grow and is always connected to our worship and how full of Jesus we are and how we minister to him. Let me move on. What's your assignment? All of our assignment is the same, but our calling is different. So what? Mark. 16, 14 through 20 says this. This is the what. We got the who, right? Everybody say me. Who will go? Send me. Say that. Send me. We're the who. Who's on third? What's on second? Mark 16. This is the Great Commission. Mark's version of Great Commission. We've been focusing on the Matthew version of the Great Commission. This is Mark. Love it. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, here's the great commission, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow, will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink of any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And here we get to verse 19. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. Who? They, right? Went out and did what? Preached, preached everywhere. I love this. While the Lord worked with them. <laughs> I think he was probably working in them, with them, and through them right? I'm not perfect. I mess this stuff up, but through God's grace, it can never be messed up. If, if you're willing to go, he's willing to do the rest. I'm going to talk about risk in a moment. So it says, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. 
Let me just say this. When you're representing Christ, when you have Holy Spirit working through you, in you, and around you, he's going to confirm it with signs, wonders, and miracles. He's going to confirm it with love. He's going to confirm it with joy and hope, and he's going to confirm it in his word. So our assignment is go, make disciples. And it's in our going that we make disciples. Nick, back to Nick. He came to me, it was a campfire, and we were hanging out, the four of us, and, and kind of a double date while the kids went to bed, and we're just hanging out, and he's like, hey, Aaron, if I could do any ministry, what do you think I should do? I was like, I don't know, Nick. He's like kind of blindsided me. He's like, I said, I don't know, maybe like hang out with guys, teach guys how to fish, and just do things you enjoy. Exactly, that's what I wanna ask you if I can do. <laughs> can I start up a group that just does fun things and we call them field trips and we just invite guys to go fish and hike and look for sheds and, and mushroom hunt and stuff. Can I call that a group? Yes, it's in your going you make disciples. So do things you enjoy and in that there's discipleship and there's, there's, there's opportunities for ministry and to, to bond, right? And man, he took it and he run, ran with it. And now, like, he's, he's just killing it. And this men's ministry kind of blew up and expanded, and it came back to be like the men's ministry of the church. It's in his going that he's making disciples. So go make disciples. That's our assignment. Sorry, I just did something really weird to my, to my iPad. So, but how? Now, this is how we're all different. The how is don't be frustrated if you don't know how. Let, let me just start there. We're like, well, what is my office? What is my gifting? What is my anointing? What is my calling? Like, chill out. It's okay. Like, it's really easy at first. Just love the one in front of you for now. It's really easy. Like, stay where you're at until God tells you to go somewhere else. You're like, well, I don't feel like this job is the job for me to do my ministry and fulfill my anointing. All right, then the Lord will move you. But the best time to look for a job is when you have a job. So keep your job and then, like, search this out, and God will, God will make a way. If you're meant to move, he'll move you. Okay? <laughs> This is just some like father advice for, for some folks. I actually heard that part from Bruce. Best time to look for a job is when you have a job. <laughs> so, but you're called right where you are until God moves you. And we get this anticipation. I remember getting saved. I'm like, oh, man, am I supposed to still be a fireman? What am, I, what am I supposed to do? And God's just kept me there. He's not told me to move. And I'm doing all of this and all of it together because it's just who I am. Let me just say, there's a difference between your occupation and your anointing, and your occupation will be under your anointing, but they're sometimes different. Very confusing. Let me, let me reform this. Let me rephrase this. So sometimes our occupation isn't necessarily our anointing, but it will come within our anointing that we can fulfill our anointing in that occupation. Okay? Sometimes there's not an anointing of like, um, toilet cleaners of the church, all right? That's not necessarily like an office of God or like the spiritual gifting test, clean toilets. It's not in there. But out of that anointing to serve, out of that anointing to, to serve others and to reveal the Father is clean toilets, take out trash, right? So, so for me, I'm an anointed son of God to fulfill the works of, of the Lord, right? To, to, to cancel the works of the enemy and his assignment and reveal the love of the Father. That's part of my anointing. I have an apostolic mandate on my life and, and that's who I am. And sometimes in that is a fireman or a lieutenant. Sometimes that's a guy just trying to survive a workout at a gym. Sometimes that's, that's a guy who's, who's talking about life and, and babies and how babies are made with kids. That's my job in the house. Nicole gets really awkward. Anybody in here ever watch New Girl? Jessica Day gets really awkward when talking about sex. That's Nicole. Nicole gets super awkward. So any sex question gets directed to me. 
She's like, Aaron, you're just so much better at it. So I am the sex talk guy with four daughters. So, but that's sometimes within my anointing, right? To let them experience the goodness of the Father and to help them be sent as who they're called to be and where they're called to go. Now, now listen, Heidi Baker says this, you wanna change the world, love the one in front of you. I love Bill Johnson's theory. He's like, you wanna see revival in the entire world and start in your city. And I'd even take that a little further. You wanna see revival in your world, start in your home. Yes. Start in your heart. Yes. Start in you. Then all of a sudden it goes out from there and then pretty soon you'll start to see revival in your home, revival in your family, your extended family, your workplace, your city, your community, your neighborhood, right? Your state, your nation, the nations. That's a, big, that's a great theory. Like you wanna go and see the world transform, start in the, with the people closest to you. I love what Destiny was saying a few week, couple weeks ago with Steve Bowen. Like, like she just had this call in her life to just serve her family and love her family. Now look, Mark's back, back attending church with us and, and just all these things. I remember, I wanna brag on Destiny and Kendra for a minute. They lived with us for a couple years back in the day when Nicole and I were youth pastors here. And um, I just, like, we had this revival in our youth group. We, we had probably a solid 60 to 80 teenagers coming to Upper Room and faithfully attending on our youth service on Sunday nights. And I'll be honest, like 50% of it was attributed to them too because they were going and making disciples where they were at, at McDonald's and in their school and in their family. And pretty soon, like whole house salvations were happening. Pretty soon, like all of McDonald's got saved pretty much in Tip City. There was a point, and then like James was a part of that, and then James caught on and he started at McDonald's and like all of a sudden, like all of McDonald's teenage staff was coming to Sunday Night Youth here. And it was awesome. And every once in a while, I get some hookup with some double cheeseburgers and french fries. And then Aaron got fat, no. <laughs> it's this thing that like they got this concept of their go was right where they were at. Their assignment was right where they were at and the Lord was using that. And pretty soon we had to go from, uh, like weren't you driving like a convertible at that time or something? Yeah, so there were some issues with, uh, with our current church van at that time. I forget what it was, but uh, it was a sedan of some type. And she was going to Bradford and going to these trailer parks and pick one, picking up kids and bringing them. And then we're like, okay, we got to start a van ministry. So then we got these, the vans out there that are now pouring, painted orange because they were all rusting out. We're like, well, if they're orange, you won't notice the rust when it comes. That's why our church vans are orange, FYI, if you never knew that. So, because they were gray, white, green, one was green, right? So Heath and, and, and let me just say, their love started on a church bus ministry. So if you're looking for a spouse, maybe you should volunteer to do a church bus ministry. <laughs> they were going and they were like, every, time, every once in a while we'd have to start church late because they were picking up more kids or they'd run in an issue that more kids could come than they could legally fit in the van. And we're like, okay, do we fit them all in the 15 pasture van or do we send another van to you? And this was how the youth group was exploding because they understood the concept of go right where they were at. So our occupation and our, our calling or our job, sometimes like for me, that's just who I am. I gotta move on past this point though. Romans 12, uh, six says it like this. We didn't read this part. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. The grace gifts differ in each of us, but we're all called, like we can walk in all of them. We, we have this opportunity that we can, we can like do ever, the works of the Lord, right? So, and then just a reminder, Ephesians 4 says, and he gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, right? Shepherds are pastors, and um, so, and evangelists. So they're all different. 
That's, that's the how. We do it in our own way, the way the Lord's called us. But I don't want you to get frustrated. Uh, just, just go right where you are. Sometimes spiritual giftings tests are great, and they're awesome. They help us learn who we are. But at times, it kind of distracts us and throws us off. But you don't need a gifts test to love the person in front of you. Let, let, me, let me move on here. So we're going to move into uh, risk. So the how, it's going to take some risk. Jesus took risk. But congratulations, you all made it here safely today, and you got in a car, and you took a risk, and no one hit you, and you didn't wreck, and your car made it here. Good job. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. Also, congratulations. The Lord saw fit that you were created in your mother's womb, and you conquered all odds, one in a billion chance that you were created, and you won. Good job. Pat yourself on the back. You won. You took risk, right? The Lord saw fit for you to be here today. You took risk. If you ate cereal this morning, you took risk when you bought it. Say, okay, it says Cheerios on the box, but are Cheerios really in that thing? It's not far from the faith of God. Like, I'm trusting something that I can't always see. I'm trusting in something that I know's there, but I can't always see it or feel it or taste it until I experience it. That's risk. Taking risk is simply going against the grain a little bit and stepping out. Now, let me, let me just talk about Peter taking risks. Peter stepped out of the boat, right? And we want to condemn Peter because he fell. He lost faith, all this stuff, right? My friend who's speaking next week t- came here and preached this message like, but when he fell, he was holding the very thing he was always looking for, the hand of the Father. Even in our risk, even in our, our failure of faith, like just stepping out in risk, the Lord intervenes and takes over. Like we can totally mess this thing up, but it's impossible with the grace of God. Like in our own right, we could mess it up, but not in his. He's that good. Let me, let me, let me just finish this thought. We wouldn't need to take, we, we wouldn't need courage if God didn't mean us to take risks. He says, be strong and courageous. We're meant to take risk. So whether that's sharing a testimony with the person in the next cubicle, maybe, maybe it's shining that light, maybe it's doing that extra nice little thing, maybe it's, maybe it's just praying for, for this situation or this person. Justin came over to, to my house recently looking at some roofing stuff and there was a gentleman there and I, I had a word from him. Like I, I could hear the Lord like nudging me like he's supposed to worship. And I was like, all right, how do I do this? And he's getting ready to walk away and, and uh, I was like, hey man, do you, do you lead worship? And because he resembled a somebody that I watch on YouTube from Upper Room Dallas. I was like, you lead worship by chance? He's like, no. I was like, you look like a guy that I watch on YouTube that leads worship. He's like, well, I just started going to church recently. I just started singing out loud in church. I was like, yes. Well, maybe you're being called to be a worship leader. He's like, yeah, I'm just kind of, okay. You know, one of those things. I'm, I, I felt like the Lord just wanted to encourage him that day that his worship's beautiful. So simply just kind of connect some dots, some non-evasive way just to share the heart of the Father. That's going. It wasn't complicated, but it took a little risk to not feel like an idiot. I hadn't done that with Justin yet. We're, we're, we're just kind of acclimating to each other, building a friendship, and, and this is a stranger from Florida, and I'm like, hey, do you lead worship? <laughs> you freak, what are you talking about? Worship who? No. And it's this thing to like, he just needed, maybe he just needed some encouragement. Maybe he just needed some affirmation, like, hey man, good job. And, and then I said, I was like, man, I, I'm blown away by people your age who are going to church by yourself. It's against all odds of this culture to, to, for you young people that are here, I am so proud of you. Yeah. 
I promise I'm almost finishing. Your attention spans are, are, are declining. I know this. But I just want to encourage you. Like, it blows me away, 20-somethings here, that, that maybe they're not coming with their parents. Maybe, maybe you invited a friend or maybe you came alone. Like, like, you're going after this thing and you're not being forced to. I'm so proud of you. Or even if you're just single, no matter your age, and you just come alone and you just, you just come here, man, that took risk. That took courage, and you're here, and the Lord is going to bless you and bless you and bless you. Maybe you're here, and you're like, well, man, I would like a spouse. Well, I'm telling you what, you're going to sprint towards God, and you're going to look beside you, and the Lord's going to give you a spouse as an inheritance for you. You could be chasing so many different things. You could be pursuing so many different things right now. You could be chasing after all these different things and maybe not inherit God, but if you chase after God, you'll inherit the things that's on your heart. The Lord will delight in you as you're delighting in him. That's your prophetic word for today. Whatever that is, maybe it's not a spouse. Maybe we move on to, to babies or, or, or an upgrade in your job or whatever. Maybe it's whole house salvation. Whatever that is, you pursue God. All this stuff is going to make sense. It's all going to fall into alignment, and you're going to just, man, I just feel the Father's heart here right now. Whether you're online or here in person, the Father is proud of you right now. He is delighted in you. I, I know we talked about this last week, but I can't shake it for this moment. Zephaniah 3.17, he sings a song over you. He delights in you, and he is pleased with you. Let me finish here. When? I gotta skip a bunch of stuff, but Esther 4.14. Mordecai and Esther having this conversation, and he's like, man, if you don't do this, they may hear it from somebody else. If you don't step up, they might be changed by a different God or a different realm or a different thing. And he says, for you are called for such a time as this. At the end, it, it, it alludes to basically saying, you were called for such a time as this. Ecclesiastes 11, four through six, it's talking about a farmer who waits to plant. And I'm just telling you right now, I just wanna encourage you without reading that verse, I wanna encourage you, like, it's time to plant. It's time to go now. There is an, as believers, we go in peace. We go in rest. We go from a place of rest. But there is a sense of urgency and expectation that we go. The Lord's returning. We're not promised tomorrow. Like, the people around us need Jesus. They need the real Jesus. They don't need the fake hypocritic, hypocritical Jesus that, that many Christians have portrayed. They don't need the judgmental Jesus that many believers have portrayed. They don't need like, like the Jesus that's this way on Sunday and this way on a Friday night club. Like they don't need that Jesus. They need the real deal. There are so many portrayals of Jesus and there's so many portrayals of Christianity and the church because we as believers, we as a whole, we as a body have given him and it a bad name. Because we haven't truly walked in who God's called us to walk in. Many of you, I was jaded because I saw stuff that didn't line up with who I thought Jesus was supposed to be. And then it became this frustration and this thing that I had to get past. Like, yeah, that's actually not Jesus. That's a person and they're not perfect. They're a human being. And I get that. Man, we get this opportunity to go. We get this opportunity in our assignment to reveal the real Jesus, the real loving Father, the real Jesus who promises to be closer than a brother that's a savior, that's a healer, that's a deliverer, that's really amazing and awesome and this amazing Father. Like, that's the real Jesus. Not some dude sitting up in a, in a judge chambers with a gavel ready to just hammer you down because you mess up and send you straight to hell and that's what he gets pleasure for. That is not the Lord, that is not God. That is not a healthy theology. 
Man, he's a loving father that created you, that loves you, and that he loved you so much he gave his only son to sacrifice himself. He who knew no sin became the price for each of us. So we get to go make disciples. John 13, 35. I'm closing. Somebody can come on the piano. I need somebody at the beginning of church the next time I speak to say, don't forget your timer. I forgot it again. So then I just start rambling and crying and doing stupid stuff. So John 13, 35. I guess you love stupid stuff. That's a word curse. I start doing things that weren't in my plan. We'll leave it at that. Hopefully it's God's. <laughs> John 13, 35, the Passion Translation says this. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my followers. Or there's some versions that would say something like, how will they know you're my disciples? And the answer is by the love you show one to another. That's, that's the go. The, the go is really easy. How do you go? You love well. You love God with everything you got and you love your neighbors yourself, and you just love those in front of you at that moment. You love the things in front of you at that moment. You love those kids in your classroom. You love those patients you're serving. You, you, you love the person that's driving in front of you 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. You love that person well. And let me just tell you this, the middle finger is not a blessing, okay? Pretty much in any culture, that's not good, okay? That is not the way to love well. And let me just tell you, if you're getting mad and yelling, they don't know it, so you might as well just stop it. <laughs> Unlike you, I have a PA microphone in my fire car. I can just like yell, go! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go, make disciples, get out of my way. No. Like, seriously, like we get to represent God. We get to represent the Father. We get to represent, represent who Jesus is. That's part of our going. It's not complicated. I know some of you literally have a mandate in business. Like, I know Bruce has a mandate in business, to disciple in business, to, 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 to be successful, to invest. Bruce and Catherine are, are so amazing in how they use the fruits of what the Lord's given them to sow and advance the kingdom. And part of that isn't just financial and resources and all that. It's literally, I, Bruce and I have these amazing conversations how he is called to pastor and pastor in business and pastor those he's buying from, pastor those who work for him. And, and, and Steve, like all these people, realtor, you know, Katrisa in here, like she is called to be a realtor. Her anointing is maybe this, but in that is this calling to reach people in this. Steve Swihart, business. Like, I, there's teachers in here. I, I met with Brady Wise, and like, he is called to be in the healthcare system. Like, he is called for that. His anointing is, is probably like within the serving realm or within maybe, maybe even pastoring or evangelistical maybe. I mean, that might be an office, but he is called in healthcare. Like he was geeking out totally this week about medic, medication calculations and all this stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, no, no. I'm a paramedic. Five minutes is enough for me. I drop him at the hospital and there's somebody else's problem or opportunity, let's say that. Like that's, that's it for me. You're called for such a time as this. You're called to go. You are called right now in this moment in time to reach those around you. You're called. Whether that's at the grocery store, whether that's at a restaurant, whether that's your kids, 
let me just end with this. You are called to love well and be intentional with those who you're at in that moment. And it is an opportunity gifted to you by God. That's it. That, it's that simple. Let me just say this. You have influence and you're going and you're shining a light regardless if you realize that or not. And you're given this opportunity. And, and I'm just going to say, I'm not always successful at that. Yesterday, Nicole's at a class this weekend, and uh, yesterday we decided to do some Mother's Day gifts, all right? And, and Nicole loves acts of service, and she had some idea about some trellises and some, some planter boxes and stuff. I'm like, okay, we got this. She's leaving. I'll be up at 8 a.m. I'll be at Menards by 8.30. I'll be back by 9. I'll be cutting the boards. I'll get the kids up. They'll be helping by 10. And we'll be done by 3 o'clock. Nicole gets home at 5. It will be beautiful. <laughs> Could somebody please give me, like, the version Kroger has for Menards that's, like, $5 and not $100 to deliver and two weeks out? Like... Then all of a sudden, the demons started attacking me at Menards because I couldn't find anything. I was like, no, I'm not going here. No. So I ended up at Menards once. I get home late. And then I forget some stuff. And I'm like, oh, only Lowe's has that. So I got to go to Lowe's. I got to go back to Menards. So I had three trips to, um, to opportunities to advance the kingdom. And then it started raining three hours early. The girls, I finally like get them up and they're out at like 11, 11.30. And then all of a sudden, five o'clock, 5.30 comes, Nicole's pulling in and we aren't even halfway done. And I'm like, well, it's the thought that counts. You wanna help? <laughs> Just one of those days. So like, the, I, was, I did great, we we're having fun. We, took, we even took a lunch break. Usually I don't take breaks. I'm just like, let's get it done, girls, come on. Why do you gotta eat? What are you, six? Nah. Hadassah is six. So, so I had to like be intentional. Like, okay, you got to actually be a dad. So we were having a blast. They were working so hard. They were staining all the boards. It was awesome. All right. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> the last half hour, I'm like, we're, we're getting close. We're so close. And they're playing volleyball. The volleyball ends up in the pool. It's oh, Olivia's brand new volleyball she got the night before for her birthday. And then she starts yelling at Evelyn. Evelyn's ready to cry. And I was like, I was like, she's not my mom. Start yelling. <laughs> I'm like, she's not even my mom. Guys, I asked for help. You're not helping me. And I was like, ah. Right there in that moment, I had a great day, right? But I was called to go. I was called to be a dad. I was called to have an anointing of dad that day. And, and here's the deal. Like, like, they're watching. And I had to apologize. Like, hey, girls, I'm so sorry. It was a fun day. You worked so hard. They had worked like six or seven hours. You know, now to my 12, that's a lot for a kid. <laughs> Out in the rain most of the day. And I just had to realize this and like be compassionate and, and just be like, so part of my going then was like having fun and doing all that. But then my go, my big go wasn't the work and it wasn't having fun. My big go to them was humbling myself to say, I'm sorry. Guys, that, I'm sorry, you worked so hard. You were so fun yesterday, uh, or today. I'm so sorry. That was my go in that moment to show. And then they got to have the opportunity of go to show me grace. Oh, dad, it's okay, it was fine. We, we get it, we weren't paying attention and you just wanna be done. And then Olivia stayed out there until we were very, all the way done. She's like, do you need anything else? Are you good from here? Okay, then I'll go shower. I want you to stand with me. 
Jesus' last words should be some of our top priorities. And we're called to go make disciples into all creation, to share the gospel, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We're gonna get into some of that over the next couple weeks. We're called to go in all these different ways, but you are called to go right now, just right where you are. We'll get into the nuts and bolts and the how-tos later, but right now you're just called to go right where you are to get filled up with him and start taking some little bit of risk, stepping out and maybe just encouraging that person, maybe loving that person well, maybe just asking simple questions. How's your day? And actually caring. In America, hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, see ya. Like, it's just a greeting. It's not like really genuinely, how are you? Like maybe that's your go this week is just like be intentional. Be intentional with your questions and your answers. Be intentional about just loving, knowing what a situation is, knowing to be empathetic in certain scenarios. I'd love to just pray for you and then we're gonna call our prayer team up if you have a need in your body or a need in relationships or, or today you, you, you don't know Jesus as Messiah or Savior. We wanna give you that opportunity through our prayer teams. But I wanna just pray for you. So, so your hands are meant to bless others. Your hands and your feet, they're meant to go. You are meant to be the messengers of Christ. You are the ambassadors. So I wanna just pray for you. So just hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have commissioned us to go. We thank you for the sending God. We thank you for the anointing and the calling. We thank you that your Holy Spirit has promised to be poured out on all flesh. We thank you for your gifts, your signs, your wonders, your miracles. Lord, let us go. Let us go right where we are. Let us, let us make an impact. Let us, let us share your, your gospel, Lord. Let us open up doors. Lord, we pray for open doors and open heavens to allow people to meet you, the real you, to introduce people to, to your real nature, your real goodness, your real power, your real love. Lord, we thank you. I pray for a commissioning right now in these hands that are held out. I pray for a commissioning that anything they touch will be blessed and their feet for anywhere they go is your territory, it's yours. It's the kingdom advancing through our steps, through our feet. Lord, I pray for our mouths and our tongues right now that they, that they are light and don't bring darkness, that they are powerful. Lord, that they are positive and not negative and that they reveal your love right now. You say that although our tongue is a small member, what an impact it can make. So we pray for our tongues, Lord, let us be conduits for you. Lord, I pray right now that we are your ambassadors that we have the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling, reconciling people from back to you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. Lord, that we can literally walk in a heaven lifestyle and reveal your heaven to others and invite others into relationship with you. We bless you, Father. Bless our week. May we be the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. Maybe we, may we all be blessed in the city and the country. Let us be blessed, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, the prayer team's gonna come up. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, please, please, please. They are eager to pray with you. They are eager to, to stay here with you and uh, any need that you may have. So we love you guys. Have an amazing week. Uh, we're excited. Scott Thompson is here next week with Lacey. So don't miss out. Pick next week to not miss. It's going to be epic. See ya.